The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice needs for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers. As always, I'm Carl Carafel. I'm Big Joe. And this week we are graced with the presence of Mr. Ryan K. Bowman from the GorillaPosition.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk. Thanks, guys. It's always good to get to talk to you two, talk a little wrestling. It's been a little while, and a lot of stuff's happened since the last time I was with you, so I'm, I'm ready to go now. It's always good to, as I say every time I'm on, it's always good to talk to our friends north of the border. <laughs> as our recent guest, uh, Dusty Gold, said, it's been a hot minute since we've had you uh, on... Uh, on the show here, so it's definitely good to talk to you again. All right, guys, uh, another week has come and gone in the role of professional wrestling, and the first topic we are going to get to is the superstar shakeup that happened recently. Now, before we get into some of the details, between us three here, this shuffling around of stuff that's happened, has it made you guys excited about things again, or is it kind of just more of the uh, same old story? Well, I guess I'll jump in on that one. Or I, I, just, I, think, I think the... The, it's really it's become now a yearly event where they're just hey we're going to move the furniture around and we're going to turn it <laughs> into a story yeah now, I, this year especially besides the roman move to smackdown which makes sense because of the fox deal mm-hmm. i didn't really see it was more instead of a shake-up it was more like a ripple what do you think carl there was absolutely nothing that I enjoyed about this superstar shakeup. There was no real build up to it. They did a couple of, oh, make sure you check out next week for the superstar shakeup. There was nothing really big that happened mm-hmm. in my eyes, anyways, that really made me go, wow, I can't believe this. I mean, short of, you know, maybe breaking up the riot squad, mm-hmm. which I think was a terrible idea. There was nothing that really struck me as this is gold. So, not so the fact that we can now we can bask in the glory that is the Viking experience that does nothing for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, the Viking experience on so many levels. Nothing, eh? Remember in the old days when when the video games would just generate the names for people like <laughs> in, in sports games and wrestling games? That's what I feel like now. They just kind of put a bunch of stuff in a, in a computer. I mean, it could have been, you know, 
hot sauce Jackson or something for all we know. I mean, <laughs> it's literally there's no rhyme or reason anymore with the way they do this. And I guess mm-hmm. the 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 whole argument behind that is they didn't want to use the word war in the name. Come on, <laughs> are we really that soft now? Apparently, I mean, it's a show based around violence. Yeah, the, the the three best ones that I've heard. And these aren't actual ones that have that have happened here, but our friend Joe Atherton, who does table Atherton and chairs, kind of came up with some ones that I, I could totally see uh, happening and being named. Uh, the The first one would uh, involve Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai, and he coined it the Japanese cosplay house party, and yeah. could totally see that that one happening. The Forgotten Sons, the bathroom break experience. Again, you know that, that, that's that's a definite possibility, and my favorite, my and personal, accurate. and and accurate, and then my personal favorite, uh, Matt Riddle would be Bro Man. Yeah, I'm afraid he's going to get to the main roster and just be called Bro. <laughs> just Bro. That's going to be his one name because you know they want to give everybody one name. Please don't ruin Matt Riddle. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It's... This is all just yeah, just just craziness going on right now, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, Especially, like you said, taking Matt Riddle, if he goes or when he goes, because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when he goes to the main roster. They really need to make sure that they keep him as Matt Riddle and don't just give him some stupid bro or something like that. Or just call him Riddle or Riddle Man or, you know, something stupid like that. We know will probably happen, Yeah, but keep him as No no one's been. Knowing Vince, he will hear the name Matt Riddle and he will give him a Riddler cop. Yes, I was like just going to say that. Just going to say like that. that. It'll be a green question mark and he'll have the, the cane and the green hat. I, I totally see that happening too. Knowing Vince and uh, his mind that... And it's green, so, you know, the weed reference. Oh, that's man. That's kind of a thing, you know. Actually, the more I hear, kind of hear that, the more kind of interested I am. No, not really. <laughs> but but overall it, give him any ideas Joe. right i know right but uh overall for me the the biggest i think a couple of ones that really surprised me was miz and aj both going over to the raw roster i figured miz especially that they're going to keep him over on smackdown for the you know once the, the fox deal kind of starts up that one really surprised me he's got a big show on usa though so i mean it makes more sense for him to be on that network since miz and mrs is apparently a pretty pretty popular show on usa so yeah that might be why and who knows about what's happened <clears throat> in in years prior because we know that aj was part of ring of honor for a little bit as well yep. right and ring of honor has always been shown on the fox network is there some sort of backdoor thing going on there where the fox network is like we don't want to see aj styles anymore yep. because we've seen aj styles for so long mm-hmm. right i mean it's possible i i i just think again you know I think we're going to see some weird things happen. And the shakeup this year, I think, is indicative of how hard it's going to be for them to continue to have two brands and try to serve two masters. It was different when you're only going to one side for a check, and it was USA, and they pretty much let the WWE do what they want. Now you're playing in a whole lot bigger ballpark with Fox and having to, again, serve two masters. No, absolutely. And I think this leads quite nicely into our next topic here. You know, given that all this has happened now and uh, looking at the broader spectrum here, is there a, because we're really in the age in WWE here, especially where everybody's just a superstar and everybody kind of feels generic. Uh, you know, you could interchange pretty much anybody and it wouldn't really feel much different. Is there anybody, and I, I mean, in any brand, I mean, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, anywhere in WWE, is there anybody that stands out as a potential megastar that could be made at this point? Anybody. What do you think, Carl? Because I have I one. <laughs> he's, 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 he's in denial. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it really is a hard question to answer, though, because you've got 
the WWE has really built all of these superstars. Mm -hmm. So really all of these people are all in your mind all the time. So it's really hard to kind of, when you talk about breakout star, you're talking about the stone colds. You're talking about the rocks. You're talking about, you know, like John Michaels, the Ric Flair's like, these are the breakout big stars of the world of professional wrestling. Now, to, to, from the roster that we have right now within the WWE, and I encompass NXT and everything in that, yep. to really pick one is is hard to do. If I had to, Walter or Pete Dunne. Yeah. Those those two right there, uh, NXT UK, uh, two phenomenal athletes that I think could really be breakout stars and carry the future of professional wrestling in a huge capacity. About you, Ryan, is there anybody that stands out to you? I agree about Pete Dunn. Yeah, I agree about Pete Dunn. I, I, am sorry, Joe. I, I just, I was jumping in because Carl, that was one of the first names that popped out. Yeah. But the one person, like, as a not just WWE, the change in culture as well, and where our society is headed. If they push Shayna Baszler hmm. as a big star, because she crosses a lot of demographics, let's without getting into anybody's personal lives. Yeah, she crosses a lot of demographics. Yeah. Uh, she also has some amazing TV. Pro- I don't know what she's not. You know, it's it's that uh, that thing they used to say about Kramer. He's horribly repulsive, but I can't look away. <laughs> yeah, she's one of those people. I don't find her super attractive, but when she's on no. screen, I have to watch her. Yeah. She has a commanding presence. You have to look at her. She's she commands the screen. That's what I look for when I think superstar. Yeah. Is it somebody that a regular person watching television, not a wrestling fan, yeah. would stop at a that they would do that with Shayna. Yeah. For me, the big, uh, I only have one that really stands out to me and I'm actually surprised that neither of you guys mentioned it to me. The next guy that kind of, it's a guy that stands out as somebody that could be made into that potential mega star is Adam Cole. He's working with Shawn oh, Michaels yeah. and developing NXT. There's a guy on the male side of things uh, with Shayna Baszler. You can definitely make that argument on the women's side. For me, Adam Cole has the potential to be possibly that next Shawn Michaels type character, that big super megastar. Yeah, he's a little dude, but I mean, he's got the ability. He's got the in-ring persona. He's got the character, you know, damn, he's got it all. Little doesn't mean much anymore now. I mean, the way they book the shows and the matches, I mean, size doesn't yep. mean much. It, it's unfortunate like that, but for him, it's a good deal. And mm. I think you're right. Adam Adam Cole's got everything it takes, baby. Baby, absolutely. They just have to make sure that they allow Adam Cole to be Adam Cole and not bring him to a main roster for him to yep. thrive, but then actually keep pushing him down at the same time yep. going, nope, we need to change this and change this and change this and change this. Yep. Keep Adam Cole as Adam Cole and let him go out there and do what he does best. Uh, I'm just hoping that so but, no old King Cole gimmick. Uh, no, <laughs> no pipe and cane and all that. <laughs> because I could definitely you see. You know, I'm thinking of all these names Vince is going to come up with eventually. You know, right? But uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping because I, I can really see you know this happening. I'm just hoping that by the time that this happens to where they want to build him up to this megastar, is that that Vince will be sidetracked with the XFL stuff and then he's going to kind of parlay all that kind of stuff off to everybody else in it. That Vince doesn't get his hands on him because you know there's going to be some kind of stupid name tied to it and it's going to be like, but look, he's so small. He you know, we, we can't do anything with him. You know, uh, they'll put more behind Lars Sullivan or something. Like Not to take anything from him, but Vince is still that big dude guy. Still. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, unfortunately, the fans don't care now. I mean, yeah. 
the era that we grew up in is over with. The, the fans don't care. They, they for some reason, will buy that a five foot nine guy that weighs 185 pounds can beat a 400. They, they're willing to suspend their disbelief, and if that's what they want, then that's you know they're the ones paying yeah. for it. So I, I think that Vince is like many of us feel is really really past his prime. He's he's lost his fastball, and that's part of it that he's still stuck in the 80s. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that, Krogs? I could tell. I could I could see the gear spinning in your head. About that particular bit. I was just trying to think like Vince McMahon here for a minute when it comes to Adam Cole. I don't do a good Vince McMahon impression, just just so everybody knows. When when, when we come out and bring Adam Cole to the main roster as Vince McMahon thinking, um, why why not bring him out as, you know, the son of, the illegitimate son of Nat King Cole. No, 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 no. We're we're going to do the opposite of the my black son thing. We're going to go the other direction with that. No, 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 no. That's right. No, no. no. <laughs> Illegitimate son. It'll be hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> wow. That's a Vince. Nat King Cole. That's a Vince. Holy. Uh, like I said, just wait when Riddle gets called up and they say now making his way to the ring, bro. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. As, you got Joe cussing this week. As uh, almost as as moral Ronaldo, I uh, can barely get the words out. I have no words with that. I have no words. Speaking of which, Enzo and Cass coming out at Madison Square Gardens. This is actually something before we get to the the meat of this topic. I've wanted to pick your brain about Ryan. What do you think about these two guys showing up at? Arguably one of the biggest independent shows of all time in the way that they went about it. Totally out of character for Ring of Honor, at right? All, considering the right? names, and and we've seen their we've seen their crowd turn on other former WWE wrestlers who made one offs in the company and they boot them out of the building. You know, mm-hmm. I think the Hardy Boys the first time they went there got got treated pretty rough. Yep. I don't see them as a fit in Ring of Honor, but no. at the same time, we're all hearing that Hunter Johnson, Delirious might be out and. Bully Ray's in as the main creative guy. Uh, one other former WWE guy that's in booking there, his name escapes me now. But it sounds to me mm. like there's going to be a lot more WWE-type influence on the Ring of Honor booking uh, and less Hunter Johnson, which is bad because basically Delirious is the blood of that, that mm-hmm. organization. He always has been. So it's a shame that it's going to be that way. But um, I got a feeling a lot of that has to do with Sinclair. I, yeah. I, I always point the finger at them. They're always the bad guy when it comes to Ring of Honor, my my opinion. It really felt like as it happened, you could tell the people on commentary, like they, they wanted to say something. And I, and I think when, when it happened, it, first of all, the, the big mistake is not cluing everybody in on what's going on. Like I mentioned with Carl last week, if, if you're going to do that kind of angle and you're not going to tell somebody like Tomatonga or Jay Briscoe or PCO that this is happening and that guys are going to jump over the rail, those guys are going to destroy those two hopping over the rail because professional wrestlers, if you get involved in a match unannounced, they're going to annihilate you. Pure and simple, right? It's so. Wrong move right off the bat. And I think, too, that you could tell, like I said, that commentary wanted to talk about it. And I think that they were expecting a pop, and it, it fell flat. And they are like, okay, d- just don't say anything. <laughs> just that There's something happening there, but you know, just don't look over there. Look over here, don't look over there. That's what and I felt what like. With what we're kind of hearing now, I mean, kind of going to the bulk of, of, of this discussion anyways, it, it's good that they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's good that there was really no huge attention brought on to this because had there been this huge attention put onto it and the crowd going crazy for it, yep. it, things would be totally different than they are right now. And right now, 
people we are hearing that they have nothing to do with Ring of Honor anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that means that there was something that was in place and it was like, hey, let's try this out and see kind of thing or what happened. We don't know right now at this point, but we do know that as of now, they have nothing to do with Ring of Honor. So I think it's a very good thing that there was not the commentary saying, oh, we need to focus on this or, hey, guess who just did this or even mentioning name or nothing. I think it was a smart move for that not to happen. Yeah, and I got to tell you, if it, when you compare, if that was supposed to be one of the things that helped the Ring of Honor side of the card, it fell flat, and they were outclassed by the New Japan side of that card. I mean, that yeah. whole night. And you guys love Matt Taven. I'm not a fan, so I know you guys were were really loving that yeah. moment. But if that's your big moment, that Matt Taven won the title, then you on the other side, you know, you have all these fantastic matches, and Okada has his moment in New York City. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just Ring of Honor looked like a minor league promotion compared to new japan that night and they're not that's that's it was just they had an off night mm-hmm. and it wasn't a great night to have an off night because they were in the most famous yeah. arena in the world yeah yeah and they did it so just uh i just i think that they're they're they fell flat in comparison to and it didn't help you know that new japan was just just blowing it up that night yep i think that this would have happened literally anywhere else this thing with end zone cast whether it be at a live event or the weekly tapings there wouldn't be probably as much discussion about it you know and it would have been just kind of like oh okay whatever but the fact that it happened that arguably one of the biggest shows that they've ever done to me that that's what irks me the most about it that they had to insert that in there and it for me it just it, it i won't say that it totally ruined the show for me but it just it was that one thing in there that uh that i was just like really did they really do that and it, they didn't need to i agree yeah yeah, they just don't have a place in Ring of Honor. You know, it's like it's like you know, just I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Wrestlers that you just can't see under a certain banner. I can't see them and no. their act working there. Yeah. Next that up, would be like trying to take Joey Ryan and put him into Raw <laughs> or put him into SmackDown yeah. and keep yeah. him the Joey Ryan gimmick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it just it wouldn't it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work in the WWE. Possibly NXT. I could see that. But you know, like it, it's still the same thing. You know, it's just the reverse. Seeing those two in Ring of Honor, yeah. no. Seeing them at different little indie shows or independent shows around, sure. The great names to have a draw for your shows. Yeah. Awesome. Use them in that type of, mm-hmm. of respect. But. To bring them into a promotion that is, you know, considered one of the major promotions in the world, not good. I, I not a fan. Yeah. They shouldn't be blacklisted from wrestling by no. any means, but there's just probably better places that is a better fit for them. Yeah. Now that you've mentioned him, Carl, I, I have a bit of a brainstorm kind of idea. Since we were talking about people coming in and Vince kind of naming the stuff, hypothetically, if Joy Ryan were to come into WWE, keeping somewhat that same character... What do you think Vince would call him? <clears throat> Diddler. <laughs> I say we just outlaw all that stuff right, right now. Oh, man. I had, I, I had to mention it. can't stand that. <laughs> but it's, it, but it's, it's spelled D-I-T-T-L-E-R. Ah, I see what you did there. Yes. Okay. So going from that to some more WWE stuff. Coming out of WrestleMania, of course, we know that uh, Sasha Banks was not pleased about what kind of happened there and after all this stuff kind of happened it appears as though they have given essentially her two weeks off from work now 
Now, this is something I don't think I've ever heard of really happening of somebody basically kind of whining, complaining about what happened and then be like, eh, just go take a couple weeks off. I've never heard of that happening before. I don't know about you guys. Well, I, I've heard a lot of people came out really negative against Sasha, and I'm I'm more on the side of labor on this argument, you know, because I think that there's a lot of really bad stuff that goes on bring the women in WWE. Right. There's a lot of restrictions put on them that aren't put on their male counterparts. So when they speak out, yep. I kind of give it a little more, little more, you know, credibility. Having said that, you know, a lot of fans that are attacking Sasha, they love Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And he did this all the time That's 20 true. years ago when no one could get away with it. Yeah. You know, so I see her point. If she, she wants to go, she doesn't want to be there. The biggest problem for her is apparently she's under contract and they yeah. are not going to give her a release. So you can go yep. set at home and probably get paid your downside. But you don't get to be on TV and you don't get to be a star. And I think that's what Sasha wants more than anything is to be a star. Not yeah. a wrestler, to be a star. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Carl? I, I'm in 100% agreement. Yeah. I mean, I, I jokingly, I did the whole cough boo thing. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in, in today's day and age, having different it, – it, it's kind of hard to say. But, like, depression – and mental mental illnesses that they really come into play, right? You got to figure these these people are going out there, these stars are going out there, and they're working anywhere from three hundred to three hundred and fifty days of the year, yep. continuous, beating their bodies up, traveling one city to the next all the time. That puts a real toll on your on not just your body but your mental state as well. Yep. And it could just be that this was a a breakdown that she had, and she was like, I. I, okay, it's the belts are gone. I get it. Okay, now I just need time because I am so stressed and so run down right now that mentally I'm not here anymore. And I think that that's part of it. I think that she really came into some sort of, of mental disability, depression, whatever have you, and she just kind of let her emotions take over and was like, I'm quitting. I'm done. You guys took the belts off of me. I'm not a star anymore. I'm screw it. I'm over all of this. Yeah. And the WWE kind of intervened and said, listen, we understand. Yeah. Go take a couple weeks. Right. I think that that's Very probably fair point. what had happened. Yeah. And like, like, like Ryan said, I mean, Shawn Michaels lost his smile. Yeah. Quote unquote. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same thing. Lost that twinkle Same in his eye. Right. Like that's the exact same thing. Shawn Michaels lost his smile and was gone for a while Mm -hmm. because he needed that time as well. It's it's something that's happened for many, many years. And this is just something that's a little bit more prevalent today. Mm -hmm. I always like to say 20 years ago, the people who ran the company couldn't stand dealing with whiners. Now those whiners are running the company. Right. Right. (laughs) Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they were one of the main crap starters back in the early days. Now they're dealing with this stuff and their talent learned. Like the kid said on the, on the drug commercial, I learned it by watching you dad. And and they (laughs) follow what they've seen. And, and the last 20 years in that company have been, you know, guys walking out. Austin walked out. Angle mm-hmm. left because he didn't want to, you know, do what they told him to do. You're, you're not required to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're not required to be in WWE. This isn't slave labor. No. So she doesn't want to be there yeah. mentally, and she needs to get away for mental reasons. Then I, I would say take as long as you need. But if it's just simply I'm tired of losing belts, 
And I, okay, that's fine. You can go home. You don't have yeah. to hurt your body. You don't have to make personal appearances every day of your life mm-hmm. like they seem like they have to do. I mean, six days a week, they're somewhere in front of a camera. Yeah. I understand that pressure. But at the same time, if you sign a contract and they say, well, we can't let you go wrestle anywhere, then you have to accept that and set it home. Just yeah. for four years Yeah, absolutely. with his yeah. back problem. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so recently we saw, uh, at least in my opinion, a pretty cool acquisition over from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. WWE signed Kushida to, uh, to a contract and it looks like he's going to start off at NXT. Now... This is pretty interesting, but when I kind of see this whole situation, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting visions of Hideo Itami again. And uh, it kind of feels like we're maybe going down the same path again. Um, what do you guys think the ceiling, or what, what do you think that uh, this guy's going to be capable of, and what, what can he accomplish here? You want that one, Carl? <laughs> so if, if everyone decides to and wants to, please go to our Facebook page, at TV Talk Pod on our Facebook page, I have posted there already a a spoiler for yeah. you all of the entrance that Kushida had mm-hmm. at an NXT taping. From what I understand, <clears throat> um, what is Kushida's ceiling within the WWE? Go take a look at that video, and <laughs> you just saw it. Yeah. Honestly, I think that the WWE is going to not do what they should and not use Kushida properly, just as you alluded to with Hideo Itami. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I even take a look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. They, oh, they did quite a bit for him in the beginning, but now it's just kind of like <laughs> my wife even. She she occasionally watches professional wrestling with me. She occasionally mm-hmm. watches all of it. You know, Impact, Ring of Honor, um, you know, WWE, NXT. She looked at me the other day and she says, Where's Shinsuke Nakamura been? Because I haven't seen him in a while. Is mm-hmm. he done? No, no, he's still there. Wow. I'm yeah. like, huh, no, no, he's he's still there. Like, this is where he is. They kind of threw him into a tag team with this person and then with that person. And then they kind of, you know, and she's like, what a waste. Her exact words. What a waste is yep. what she said. And I think that's exactly what they're going to be doing with Kushida. I don't even think Kushida will get to the level that Nakamura has. I mean, no. if you guys stop and close your back to a couple years ago when they brought in Nakamura, how huge we thought that was going to be. We thought this is the, this is the guy that would be the biggest Japanese star ever in America. Yeah. I, I mean, because he had everything. And he, like like you guys said, they gave him the great entrance and all that, yeah. built him up, and he came in with an explosion, and then he fiddled out like a fart. And so so did Tozawa. Uh, and I don't think, again, I'm looking, I looked at Kushida, and you guys have to clear this up for me. Is he still Japanese? Yes, absolutely. Okay, then he's got no prayer. No yeah. chance. Yeah. No uh, chance in hell. As a matter of <laughs> exactly. And maybe, could that be the, the issue there? Is this really? Because you, you see this crip in social media and even on some other podcasts and stuff that I listen to. Is Vince McMahon a racist? It, it, it's when it just that, that statement, it, it's almost kind of hard to argue against that when you see what happens with these guys. I think he's a lot. Like, I know a lot of older New York people that they're not really racist, but they have funny ideas about race and they still have a lot of silly stereotypes. I mean, again, depending on, I guess, I think there's degrees of racism. I mean, I think there's silly, silly stereotypes or things that people think about Jewish people or think about black people or something like that. That's absolutely off the mark. That's kind of more 
stupid. It's more stupidity mm-hmm. as opposed to the degree where people are actually out and being violent towards someone because they're different. So I think Vince has a lot of – he's an old guy from New York or yeah. from the New York area based area. has been in that area for most of his life. And I think he has a lot of those old ideas, a lot mm-hmm. of those old – I mean you know, in New York City, everybody grew up around each other. It's a melting pot. So you would think no one would be racist, but in a lot of ways, most people I know from New York have a lot of funny old ideas, old world ideas about people. And I think Vince harbors a lot of those. Yeah. I think to, to kind of go along with that, not only does Vince, you know, have those attributes to him, but I think part of the issue as well is that you have the fans that are always in his ear and always on social media going, we need this person. We need to see that person. We need to see, have you seen this person? Have you seen what this person's done or what that person's done? And then Vince just kind of goes, all right, so let's give them what they want. We'll bring this person in. We'll give them three months, and then we'll just kind of whatever with them. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. like, if they get over, they get over, and they don't do anything to really help them. I agree. I think that's a big part of it. He's just like, okay, whatever. Give them, give, Throw them on TV, you know, yeah. with no plan or whatever. But I will say this. Now, I said Vince grew up around you. He actually grew up down south, mm-hmm. which might also have some to do with that. But again, I, I just that East Coast mentality sometimes of where these people, they live and work amongst each other, but they still hold on to like some silly ideals about certain things uh, when it comes to race. And I, I mean, it's not, would they ever act on that? Probably not. But is it underlying? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of it underlying with Vince. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So going from that to something pretty interesting, I, I can't believe that this has actually come up again. This is actually you know one of two topics I can't believe that's coming up again. You know, just when we thought we've heard everything that there is to know about the Montreal screw job, something else comes out about this. And um, from a source I wasn't really expecting, uh, Earl, Earl Hebner was recently on... Uh, he did some radio interview. I forget what radio station or whatever it was for, but he was essentially saying that Brett was actually in on the Montreal screw job and knew that it was going to happen. I mean, I don't really know quite how to process that, especially as a Canadian wrestling fan, given that it happened in Montreal on that whole deal. I think Earl's losing his mind. I think that's, um, to this day, and, and not just because I'm Canadian and not because, you know, it's patriotic to side with Brett the Hitman Hart or whatever have you, yeah. but I think Brett's being very truthful and honest when he comes out and says, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, if he did know, let me put this out there. If he did know, we need to give that man an Oscar because yeah. he is the greatest actor right. in the world. Uh, After yeah. the Montreal screw job happened, I believe that every emotion coming out of him at that time was real. So if this was all just a work and he was in on it, he needs a freaking Oscar because yeah, yeah, that made me believe. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's just coming down to maybe Earl Hebner's mind isn't all there anymore. And maybe, you know, this is what 25 years ago at least. And, you know, he's kind of misconstruing things in his mind now. I don't know, but I guess we'll honestly never know. The Hebner brothers aren't exactly known for, you know, being straight shooters all the time. Anyway, that's very true. He may have been just trying to, fire some yeah i mean I, I managed this print store across from that t-shirt shop where they got in trouble for the the counterfeit shirt in st louis mm. they had a, a little operation going there and they got fired from the company from wwe for it yep but you know so i don't i don't buy into any of that 
again, if, if that's the case, then Brett is really, really, really keeping kayfabe. I mean, strong. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he's taking this one to his grave, apparently. apparently. I don't believe anybody sat on the sidelines for 10 years or 12 years or whatever and still has a, a kind of a contentious relationship with them. Yeah. I mean, even with the Hall of Fame and all that, he still says what's on his mind. He mm-hmm. still speaks about it very yep. negatively. As you said, he'd, he'd have to be really keeping kayfabe. We're going on 22 years now. So, yeah. or what is it? I'm sorry. No, it's, yeah, it is 22 years this year. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody kept a secret that long. No, I don't think so either. All right. So, as I mentioned, you know, there's uh, two topics on, on the show that uh, I didn't think we we're going to come up in. And actually, on our last episode, we talked about this. And uh, I pretty much said at the end of the, the conversation that we probably weren't ever going to hear anything about this again. Well, guess what? <laughs> we actually heard more about this. So, to rewind to last week, there's a Florida student who attempted to RKO his principal. Well, guess what? This same kid went to, I guess it was like a, an indoor pool or like an atrium or like one of those little ponds in, uh, in a mall and grabbed a plastic alligator and RKO'd it into the pool and was arrested again and was also fined $3,500 for this act of stupidity. Um, yeah, so like I said, you know, didn't think we were going to hear anything more about this, but we were proved wrong, man. We were proved wrong. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. Right. I remember when we were kids, you know, you play around with your buddies. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You might buy them on the couch cushions, you know, so you didn't want anybody to get really hurt. Right. I never thought, you know, <laughs> I never like got a D on a test and thought I'm going to slap this guy in the camel clutch right now. <laughs> you know, I just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. You know what I want to see? So what's this kid going to do next is what the real question. Okay. They've been doing these vignettes. Where first they had like this 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 buzzard sock puppet thing, and yeah. now they've got this uh, this doll that's like kind of in a rocking chair or whatever <sighs> kind of thing happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I want to see the Florida RKO kid come in <laughs> and just RKO both of them, yeah. and then just leave, and like that be done with it. And then we don't talk about this RKO kid again. Yeah. And we're, we're, we don't talk about whatever these stupid little vignettes are. Just the RKO <laughs> kid comes in, done, and that's it. Two weeks, we're over it, and the RKO kid is gone. Mm-hmm. Please. Well, he's already got a gimmick, so I'm assuming, you know, the Florida the Florida RKO kid, I'm sure he's going to be on, like, an ICP wrestling card <laughs> sometime soon, like a Juggalos card or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, for his 15 minutes of fame. Yep. That's, his, that's his next claim to fame oh yeah just a, a, a ridiculous story and right I, I, if that was my kid and i came home with the 3500 hundred dollar fine <laughs> for the rko i don't think he'd get to watch wrestling much anymore no i would definitely agree <laughs> no. um yeah it would kind of be like the uh, the john cena call prank where that one was like yeah there's no more wrestling in this house that's what that would it's, it's gonna happen with that kid at some point i think <laughs> all right so going from that stupidity uh, you can't really describe it as anything else going to something cool uh, involving myself, as I had mentioned before, I am going to be at the world of the world's tour show in Toronto here with ring of honor and some really cool things, uh, set to happen there. And before we hit the record button, I'm glad that Carl brought it up because we're going to have a really interesting main event there. We're going to have PCO versus the ROH champion, Matt Taven, uh, a matchup that, uh, I'm really intrigued to see because, um, yeah, I mean, you have, very different approaches here. You have have Matt Taven and you have PCO, the man who's not a human being. Um, Yeah, it's going to be, I don't know what to expect. I really don't. 
It's going to be interesting for sure. I mean, the, just kind of the buildup that they've had to this has been really great. Having PCO kind of come in and just, like, he beat him. He beat him. Yep. And now he's automatically he's given, you know, this this title match. And not saying just, you know, like, an, oh, he's just automatically given. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You went in there. You were able to beat the champ, non-title, whatever. Now, you you know, you've got a chance to go for it. You've proven yourself. Mm-hmm. Now you got a chance. And I think that they're, they're two powerhouse guys that can really go out there and, and knock it out of the park and really put on a great show together. And especially, you know, it's it's the War of the Worlds tour that's going on. Yeah. And it doesn't really come to Toronto all that often, right? So to have something as big as that happening is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, PCO just continues to amaze me. Yep. I mean, he's had so many different lives in wrestling, and now this is a new this is the afterlife now that he's the Frankenstein guy. Yep. But uh, Chris, did, Chris uh, Levine, our impact referee guy, he did, he did a column uh, about PCO last year. And thanks to all the things that he had done, he's just – it's just an amazing story all the way around. I didn't know that he was X, the masked guy in the X division in TNA back in 02. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, this guy's been everywhere. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I, I always assume I was about to ask you guys if you guys ever met Carl before, but because no. I assume all Canadians know each other, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I might get a chance to meet him. We'll see. not. Yeah. I've, I've heard like that. He's a really great guy too. So yeah. that's good. I'm glad he's getting all this success later on in life. I mean, he's having, he's, he's basically been reborn. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's part of the gimmick, but uh, in, in reality, he's also been reborn. Yeah. And kind of keeping with the gimmick of this episode, I think if Vince were to name this character, uh, you said part of it, I think he would go with, uh, I'm going to say the French Canadian Frankenstein. There you go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, he, yeah. Would, he would be frothing at the mouth. Big, strong guy who he knows can work because yep. he worked for him before. And we can give him this new gimmick and we'll just repackage him and nobody <laughs> will know. You know, blah, 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 blah. For sure. And also said to be at the show are these guys. The Gorillas of Destiny, the current New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions, and the ROH um, Bleep Tag Team Champions are also going to be at the show. I can't wait to watch Tomatonga work a match in person. I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Well, I mean, the the Tongans have been just a a staple when it comes to New Japan Pro uh, throughout the longest time that, that, that we can even remember right now. I mean, OG Bullet Club guys, mm-hmm. we're looking, you know, guys that, that, have, that have been around and know what they're doing. Uh, just phenomenal that they're able to come over and really be able to, to, to work in, in Canada and the United States yep. uh, to really bring their type of professional wrestling style to us. And, yeah, like, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous, Joe. Yeah. When I look at these guys, I just see real modern-day 
heels that, that just i mean you, you really don't see them you know out for ice cream with the the good guys and stuff like that you know they're really keeping to the character you know and, and if they're doing any of that kind of stuff they're doing uh, really well not exposing or showing any of it you know they, they just to me they come across as you know the modern day heel guys done right and they're very believable and let's face it we're looking at now at that and tomatonga is another one of those guys that i think in the next couple years it, you always get those guys that are they start working in the name cards just people talking about him here and in in yep. all these different circles on social media he's one of those guys mm-hmm. that's taken that mm-hmm. step forward that i think everyone's starting to recognize and and to be honest with you ring of honor and new japan need that now they need these guys to step up this next wave of talent because they've lost a lot of bodies a lot of big names that they created so uh i i i'm also envious even though i'm nowhere near toronto <laughs> i would like to be there Yes, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, as we mentioned with PCO, you know, if uh, if I get a chance to uh, to go backstage, I will definitely uh, hopefully run into him. And maybe I'll get to uh, what did uh, at Starcast uh, Jargo said that he was uh, he had stapled a picture of the Undertaker and like people throwing darts at him, you know, doing the the kind of crazy stuff that you would expect PCO to do. Maybe I'll get to do some uh, some craziness like that. So looking forward to maybe that <laughs> happening. Right? And I can say that I've thrown darts at PCO's chest. I mean, before we go through that, I. I... I want to make sure, like, you're talking about the War of the World show that's coming up in May, correct? Yep. All right. So just before <laughs> that, we talked about the Tongans, and we talked about uh, the Bullet Club, and, and we got to mention uh, Bad Luck Fale hmm. and the Fale Dojo. Yes. Okay. But with the Fale Dojo, their head trainer, Tony Kazina, mm-hmm. is going to be here in Sault Ste. Marie yep. for Canadian Wrestling's Elite. Yeah. And I just want to throw out two matches to you here mm-hmm. because two of my very good personal friends are going to be involved on this card. Yep. So we're going to have Diego Da Vinci taking on Tony Kazina. Nice. At this show, which is going to be phenomenal. Uh, we've had Tony Kazina on as a guest before. Yep. And back before when we were uh, Turnbuckle Talk originally, yep. we had Diego Da Vinci on as well. Yes. So very cool that we're going to have two former guests of Turnbuckle Talk facing each other at yep. Canadian Wrestling's Elite. And then I just want to mention the main event of this show. Mm-hmm. The main event of this show is going to feature my friend Vinny Da Vinci. Who was also on the show. City sensation, local guy, yep. taking on the one... The only psychosis. Nice. Yes, the original psychosis will be here in Sault Ste. Marie. That is going to be amazing. The show is happening on April 28th. It's happening at the Sioux Blasters down on Queen Street for those who are in the Sioux. Yep. Tickets are still available. Go and get them because this is something that you're not going to want to miss. Mm-hmm. And if you're down in the Toronto area, Toronto, uh, any southern Ontario area at all, Go and pick up tickets if there's any still available for this War of the Worlds show because that is going to be a phenomenal show as well. Yep. Two great shows coming up for us locally that you guys are not going to want to miss. So go out, get your tickets, support independent wrestling because without independent wrestling, we wouldn't have what we have today. Absolutely. So going from that to another big independent wrestling show happening – with AEW Double or Nothing, uh, shortly before us coming on here, I guess uh, this news broke yesterday, I believe, that uh, there's a big uh, match set to happen at this show involving Mr. Cody Rhodes and his brother, Dustin. Wow. Didn't see this coming at all. 
yeah, this isn't something that I really saw coming either. I mean, we know that the uh, the history that Dustin has, or Gold Dust, as he's known in the WWE, he has such a a storied history with the world wrestling entertainment, mm-hmm. um, with everyone that's there in the company, and you know his father Dusty being you know immortalized within the WWE and the NXT brand, and it's odd now that we see. Dustin, you know, kind of going over and being able to do this thing Mm -hmm. with his brother. I don't know if this is just a goodwill gesture by the WWE. I don't know if Dustin is done with the WWE or if he still has some sort of uh, capacity with the company at this point. I don't know, but I like it. I like it. Something that we've wanted to see for a long time now. I like it. Give it to me. Because we, I don't think we've seen any official announcement by WWE saying that he's done. I know a lot of other um, sites and whatnot have said you know, that he's done, he's moved on, his contract has expired. I have not seen anything from the company itself saying so. So it could just be a matter of, you know, his contract has kind of run out. So he's technically, uh, you know off a contract, he's being allowed to do this one-off thing and then will be re-signed later. I think that that's a likely scenario, but I'm, I'm really curious to see what uh, Ryan's take is on this whole matter. I think he's done. I think he's done, and I think he's going to work backstage for his brother. That'd be really, really cool. I, 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 and I think more than the match itself, if they can do that, bring mm-hmm. him in as part of create, as maybe a part-time wrestler, you know, working with guys, getting them over. The guys, no matter what, persona he's in even as dustin Rhodes or dustin runnels he's still valuable to you as a, as a star but on top of it what his mind brings to the table if you can sign him to be with the company working mm-hmm. with his brother backstage a veteran present i think he's the perfect guy obviously to be an agent for his brother's company um you know there's going to be loyalty there yep. uh so yeah i i think i think his wwe thing whether they made an announcement or not i i mean I don't think it matters. I think he's going to do what he wants. He's he's obviously legally able to do whatever he wants yep. right now. So, you know, I, I think that if out of double or nothing, if they're able to get him involved backstage as, as again, like an agent or something on the creative team, that will be a bigger victory than anything that happens in the ring at double or nothing. But, yeah, I'm all for the match. Yeah. Justin being involved with AEW going forward. You know, having him and uh, Billy Gunn now uh, – both in that kind of capacity, I think I think it's fantastic, and I think this whole kind of situation. I think uh, Dusty's looking down on this, and he's got a big smile on his face seeing that this happening. You know that, that uh, his son has started this company, but his other son is going to be involved in a match and possibly in a greater capacity. I mean, I think only good things can come from this. And you know, Dusty always liked the bright lights, and he always wanted to take things in the big yeah. cities, and they're going to be there in Vegas. Las man. Vegas, it's baby, going to be a great night. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely got about months to go, guys. Yes, yeah, that's going to be a, some good stuff there. Really curious to see once um, the whole once we really start to see more of AEW and then seeing an actual show done under that banner, it's going to be a pretty monumental moment. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to take a brief break here, guys, and we are going to come back with our showstopper segment, and we are going to talk a little bit more about WWE and to go in some in depth kind of uh, stuff to do with that. So we'll be right back here, guys. Thank you. 
What's up, Turnbuckle Talk listeners? This is Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast as well as HTM Sports right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Listen, if you love Joe and Carl, then chances are you'll love Rick and I as well. We talk a lot of Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, AEW, NXT, WWE, you name it, we've got you covered. So hit that subscribe button and make sure that you catch the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the weekly flagship right here on the HTM Podcast network at hittingthemarks.com Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny DaVinci here with Joel and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast. Hey guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel and our guest Ryan K. Bowman here back on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and we are coming to that pivotal moment of the show that everybody loves to listen to. We are at our show stopper segment. Yeah. All right, this one. This week, today, guys, we've got a bit of a doozy here. I figured, you know, since we had Ryan on, we'd uh, talk a bit of a bigger, larger scope kind of topic. And this kind of revolves around, of course, WWE. And actually, a little bit we were talking about during our break uh, off air here is about WWE. And if there's any real, you know, given the scope and how much money this company makes now, is there any real motivation for them to actually put on a better product, considering that what they're doing now still makes them a ton of money? That's like the... The, that's kind of the riddle of the Sphinx, isn't it? You know, or like mm-hmm. chicken and egg thing. You know, I, when I was back when I was covering the NFL, the one thing that everybody always said is the, that no team can lose money. I mean, you could lose every game, but you can't lose money. Yeah. No one could show up to watch them play, and they can't lose money. Why? Because television network contracts, and that's where we've gotten with WWE now. If as long as the networks continue to feather the nest for them, they don't have a lot of incentive to change the product. We saw that in the early 90s. It it became stale and very outdated, and they had no real incentive to do it. And then when the business fell, then when they were in trouble, then they got creative again. Unfortunately, I think that's why the the pig's gotten too fat. And what's curious with me with this whole thing is you had mentioned, you know, they they have this TV deal. But, I mean, recently we've seen it, and, uh, you know, Jargo being the the guy with the numbers, he's told us, you know, that – that the viewership is, you know, is dropping steadily or, or, or steadily being really poor. I mean, how much longer is this deal with US USA Network? Is it going to last? Well, they just re-upped last year, didn't they? Two was it three years with both? Yeah. So given that or maybe it's so five, ba- it was five with Fox. So they've got money for that coming in yeah. for the next five years. It, it's so puzzling to me that that the viewership is so piss poor, for lack of a better term, and that they they keep getting renewed. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it comes down to, you know, people are, are uh, okay, so the, the, everybody has their lives. And, and, you know, Monday nights and people are working and it, it's just not that, that same nine to five job that everybody's working that, mm-hmm. yeah, now we're home and we can actually watch this. So, yeah, viewership numbers are going to be down. But when it comes to times like pay-per-views, when you've got, 
you know, like the big pay-per-views that are happening. There are some people who don't get the WWE Network, but they still buy the pay-per-views because it's the big show that's happening, right? And then you've got the WWE, they're traveling around, and they've got their house shows, and they're going to actually see the WWE, and they're, they're maybe catching it a little bit later or something or, or streaming it from whatever illegal streaming service that they find online they're still catching it somehow but those mm-hmm. those numbers aren't there because they're not doing it live so to speak right um so i think like people are still watching but they're not necessarily watching it live so those numbers definitely mm-hmm. are going to be going down now is there you, you know reason for them to really change anything i don't know because whatever they're doing seems to be working Money-wise. I mean, Money-wise. why would Fox come to them and say, listen, we want your product. Mm-hmm. We are willing to give you X amount of dollars over this many years for your product, right? So it's kind of like, mm, are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Do we want more out of them? Of course we want more out of them because that's yeah. just the nature. We, we as humans, just we always want more, right? But yeah. is it good enough for the Fox network? Sure, yes, there yeah. have been changes that have come into being yeah. that are going to be happening and stuff like that. Definitely, you know, like the Fox Network has talked about, we want a little bit more edgier stuff. So there's got to be that little bit of a change. Mm-hmm. But the way I'm seeing it right now is the Fox Network pretty much went to the WWE and said, take our money and give us what you've got. Yeah, yeah, right? I agree. And, and like you said, Vince spent 40 years trying to get on network television, primetime network TV, and now he got it. So why would he change what he's doing? You know, he's mm-hmm. finally achieved. They finally got into that corporate mainstream level that they've always dreamed about. Yeah. And it's a yeah. kind of a be careful what you wish for situation because sure. now you're serving stockholders. Now you're serving two major networks. Yeah. And folks, I hate to break it to you, but if they start losing money, WWE isn't going to suffer. NXT is going to suffer. Yeah. NXT UK is going to suffer. Yeah. 205 Live would probably be gone because yeah. – that those are products that they lose money off of. They don't make money off NXT. No. So if they're if they begin losing money on the main roster or the main shows or they they're in jeopardy in any way, there Raw and SmackDown aren't going to go. The the other pro the underling products are going to go. So mm-hmm. everybody that loves NXT yeah. better be pulling for WWE because it'll it'll be one of those pay cuts they they take a look at. I mean they may not cut out the the brand itself, but it will definitely suffer. Every anything that they have expenditures on, if they start losing money. For me, just uh, the big or kind of start making less money. I should say, yeah. they're not going to lose money, but exactly. they start making less money. For me, just uh, the big gripe, but you know, especially with Raw and the, the bigger shows and whatnot, just the runtime. Like Raw, three hours. I mean, that's the third hour. People are, are usually either just turning off or they're passing out to being too tired. Like, like WrestleMania this year, and I, I still haven't gone back to watch the the parts that I've missed. Just haven't had the time to. And uh, I mean, I made it through. I, I think maybe four or five hours, and then I just frankly fell asleep it's just too long i i just i feel that they just need to go maybe a little bit more with the less is more approach absolutely supply and demand thing the problem is if you look at us as wrestling fans we chat about it i mean the dieharders we're online talking about it all day we Mm -hmm. watch every week religiously we try you know it's almost like it's almost like we're mad at ourselves that we can't stay awake for that third hour you know like we've been trained to need them that much and, and that's why I keep saying, you know, until we consciously make the decisions to throw the remote away on Monday night or, or you know, don't buy the pay-per-views or cancel the network subscription, which mm-hmm. none of us are going to do, you no. know, not especially guys like us who do this, you know, as part of our, our living, part yep. of our business, you know. So 
they kind of got us by the short ones, so to speak. And that's how every great corporation becomes evil and rich. True. (laughs) It's the American dream. (laughs) And the other kind of uh, bit of this topic too, uh, you know, that I wanted to bring up was, you know, with the way that, you know, that we kind of approach a lot of times when we talk about WWE, you know, it feels like we're being negative a lot of the times now. brings up a, this too is are, are we being too critical or are we just you know or are we just at the point where we just we expect more out of you know with the big brand like are, are we asking too much or are we being too critical i mean i look at it like this if a girl walks up to you and says i'm the smartest most beautiful girl in the world then she has to back it up yeah you know a week from now or two weeks from now they positioned themselves to be held to a highest, the highest standard ever. Mm-hmm. They bought out all their competition. They wanted to be the only show in. Going to do that, you better be a good show, and you better be able to do. I mean, Barnum and Bailey went out of business last year, guys, mm-hmm. because they stopped putting on shows that people wanted to come see, yep. and and it became not cool and not a trend. Not, well, I don't know if the circus was ever cool, but <laughs> it became not the thing to do. So when WWE starts becoming not the thing to do. It's because they've put themselves on a pedestal. They've claimed to be so great, the greatest wrestling promotion of all time. Vince McMahon is a genius, the smartest promoter ever, and all these other things. When you position yourselves as number one, you have to act like number one all the time. So in some ways, they brought this criticism on themselves. Yeah, that's a very good way of approaching it. I didn't yeah, really... I'm in, I'm in yeah. full agreement with that. I yeah. mean, it's the, you, you can't dispute what Ryan just said. Yeah. There, there's no disputing that at all. They raise themselves up to be the standard that they are, and they have to uphold it. They really do. And I, I think when, when we're looking at this approach, too, I think we need to kind of look at it from two different perspectives. I think, you know, when it comes to success business-wise, WWE, I mean, they're the most successful. There's no denying that part of it. But when you look at the actual product itself you know the in-ring work the storylines or whatnot i mean even on this podcast we 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 called them the worst promotion of the year 2018 so yeah and i mean that's pretty powerful when when the critics and i think you guys are critics because you try to be you know support the product as much as possible we try people who are actually trying to support you and stand by you again people i don't want wwe to fail i don't want to see them have a bad product but I'm tired of them insulting my intelligence. Don't great and get me yep. excited, and then you know leave me you know leave me hanging for lack of. I was going to use a sexual reference there, but I won't. <laughs> when you guys show. But I'm saying just don't. It, it, when you sell me on hype, then you got to live up to the hype, yep. and that's all it is, man. I mean that's why people get upset. Don't tell us you're the greatest, and then you know if you say you're the greatest, you got to be Muhammad Ali. You can't be you know second best and. And that's why I, I feel like they've kind of painted themselves in a corner of saying, we're going to give you a blowout show night in and night out every month, every pay-per-view. And so we're all sitting there expecting it, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, then it rains, you know, and then it rains then basically. It rains. And, and that's, that's kind of where they are. I mean, when bad things happen to them, they, they don't, they don't prepare well for running into potholes. They, they position themselves to be so perfect and no one can do that all the time. They cannot mm-hmm. live up to their own standards. Or their own hype. Yep. I've said numerous times on this podcast that it's the little things. And kind of going with what you're saying there, Ryan, talking about this hyping stuff up and and making things to be so big and so so elaborate. um, I take the superstar shakeup and I take SmackDown. Vince McMahon comes out. They hyped this up to be the greatest acquisition 
in professional wrestling history. <laughs> and then out comes, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. I felt so robbed <laughs> of just a moment that should have been amazing. It's those little things. And because of those, that little thing right there of them hyping this up, and going, this is the biggest thing that's going to happen to SmackDown. This is the biggest star to ever come over. And then you give me no, not knocking Elias because I love, yeah. I love the guy. I think he's a great worker. I think the gimmick he has is amazing. But to then give me Elias, <laughs> for you to feed me that and yeah. expect me to be satisfied doesn't work. So now any other time that you're like, we got this big thing. I'm sitting here going, I don't even care because the last six big things you gave me turned right. out to be soda crackers and a cup of water when <laughs> it should have been steak and lobster. Yeah. That's, I, I am 100% agreement on that. That's their biggest problem. Their own mouths get them in trouble. They And, and I know you have to hype things, and it always has to be the biggest and the best and the greatest. But I, I don't know if you guys have any amusement parks up around where you live down here at home. Down home, we've got these. This used to get a new roller coaster every year, mm -hmm. and every year the the advertisements would come out. This is the best, the fastest, the the most, the scariest ride you're ever going to be on. Well, every year of the newest, the scariest, the fastest, and the coolest. After a while, it just became a damn roller coaster. Yep. And now WWE is just that same roller coaster every week. Yeah. It it seems like it's going to be exciting, and yeah, it's a fun ride, but it doesn't really give me the butterflies in my stomach like it used to you know and like carl was saying with it with that uh, thing that they were talking about you know with with vince saying oh that there's gonna be an announcement that's the biggest acquisition I, I i'm putting myself in the mindset of, of vince especially recently and looking at the words uh, i'm hearing big and biggest and everything i'm like big show right i'm figuring it's gonna be big show i'm thinking very literally with the actual words and trying to think like vince mcmahon and you know even that would have been maybe better yeah. And you know? I think at this point, Vince just loves having fun with you. I think it's like yeah. it tickles him to see people angry. You know, like yeah. he really thinks he's getting like good heat. <laughs> and I, I think when it comes to the hyping stuff, I think that we're hyping the wrong things and the things that should be hyped up aren't being hyped up. Like rewinding the clock back a while when they had, um, it was on, I can't remember what pay-per-view, it was a match between uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins. Like a, a significant matchup and they didn't promote it or talk about it at all. You know, they and talk about the uh, NXT guys when Ricochet and Alistair Black popped up. They didn't no. talk about that, did they? No. Yeah, I, that's just I, I agree. We, we we three agree way too much, but I'm with you, Joe. I I, right. I think that they hype the silly stuff and then they don't talk about the things that they should yeah. really be promoting. Yeah. You know, that's it, frustrating. Silly stuff like the, this, the, this Lacey Evans thing, which I, I think maybe they're they're evolving past that. But they did that how many times? Over they have having her walk down and then walk back up again. Yeah, it's it's nice to look at, but it's one of those things where it just it hurts my brain to think about it. Yeah, it's like they were trying to be the new Sable or something. I guess that's what that was about. I have no idea. Now this girl <laughs> seems like she's got some talent too. I yeah, mean, she's rough in the ring. She's she's still missing a lot of things. But and I'm, and I'm no expert on anyway. But you can see it when I can see it. Mm -hmm. There's a problem. But she's got a neat gimmick. She she would be fine. I yeah. think they didn't do her a very good service by the way they introduced her to the audience because mm -hmm. I don't think the crowd likes her very much. I mean, literally, like, she's got that go-away heat. 
uh, right now because of those silly little stunts that they were doing. So that hurt her right out of the gate. But when she has the chance to really be a star, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes no sense. Before we we do go, I want to bring up one thing. I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Carl, but uh, a cool thing that WWE has done, and it's not over in North America, it's over in the NXT UK. A former guest of this show actually had her debut match for NXT UK Jazzy having a match with Zia Brookside over in NXT UK. She was, you know, yeah. Carl and I don't know her fairly well. And she was at, at this point where, you know, she, she had to have neck surgery and she wasn't sure she was coming back. She was really, really doubting. I think, you know, her true fans like us never really doubted her and knew that was just going to be a matter of time. Because, I mean, it, even in the Mayon Cossack, that original one, like there's like book the book Jazzy and then the push Jazzy chants were happening, you know, I'm just. I just want to put out there that we're really glad and happy that you know that she finally made it to to that point. We're we're very proud of her. Yeah, I think it's amazing that she's finally been able to um, finish what she started. I yes. guess like th- th- that that was what she wanted. She wanted to be able to get to that point, and she was there with the May Young Classic, and then everything was just going for her, yep. and then surgery had to happen. And you're right. She she was very down. She was very, I don't know if this is something that I want to do anymore. I don't know if this is something that's going to happen anymore for me. Yep. And she, but she, she had a really good support network between friends and between co- wrestling colleagues yep. that just kind of helped her through that and was like, hey, listen, this isn't the end. It's yep. just surgery. Yep. You still got this. The goal is still there. I'm sure you are going to get there. It doesn't matter. Just keep on pushing because we believe in you and you believe in you. We just need to help you see that you believe still. Absolutely. Isn't that fun, guys, when you get to cover somebody and get to know them a little bit? Like I I'm just recently when Allie signed with AEW, I sent her a message said, hey, I know you can't really talk to anybody right now, but I just want to tell you congrats. And I, you know, to see these, especially now I'm in my mid-40s, so seeing these these kids that are actually literally young enough to be my kids, you know, moving up now, you know, as I told, I think I was, I don't know if it was Tessa or one of the girls from Impact, I said, you are literally my daughter's age, our <laughs> oldest daughter's age. Yeah. I said, so it's weird because I watch these kids now and they, they, you know, when they achieve stuff and you've got to talk to them and, and kind of you hear what kind of like really the good the good people, you know, that you've dealt with. And then you see them have success. It makes you feel good. And that's one of the joys of what I get to do every week. You know, like I'll sit down and do a feature with someone. And then I can follow their career and see how well they do, you know. And, and I've, I've been fortunate now. I'm kind of – I'm Uncle Ryan now to everybody because <laughs> I'm the old man. <laughs> so I'm able to kind of, you know, kind of watch them and see how they progress. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's that's the probably the most enjoyment I get out of the whole wrestling business. Definitely a fringe benefit of what we do too, and we get to see uh, friends like our like our friends uh, Vinny Da Vinci having a ma- match with Psychosis, who we used to watch in WCW. You know, to see Jazzy finally make it to the WWE, and, and you know, the, I'm sure the list will go on and on as we go through this. It, it, it's it's one of the things that uh, kind of reminds us uh, and what uh, motivates us to keep going and keep doing this. And, and just it, it's a cool thing that you, and you get to actually meet and actually uh, you know, get to have a relationship with these people and to see them succeed and you know, to see them stumble and then to see them bounce back again. You know, it's a uh, it's a cool thing to, to be a part of. Well, you know, I'm really close with all those Canadians up there in, in, <laughs> in Impact, you know, the, that Canadian company you guys have up there. Yes. But, you know, and one of my greatest things, and I know we got to get going off of here, but, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite things that's happened in all of wrestling and writing in my entire life was, you know, Chris, Chris Levine from Impact Wrestling, the referee I mentioned him earlier, came to write a column for us. 
He also got hired to work for Ripley's, their website. And I kind of became a writing mentor. Like he would talk to me about wrestling and I would talk to him about writing. And he was, and I want to say this on the show, he was accepted into the school of journalism at the university of Massachusetts. And he got to start writing for us. He was a ref in impact. We asked him if he wanted to write for the group as he started writing for us. And, And I'm just, I'm so proud of him. He's, that's my buddy. You know, I mean, he's, he's one of those people beyond just wrestling. I consider him, you know, a really close friend and kind of like my little brother. So, uh, I'm really happy for him. And that's another one of those success stories that you get a little tear in your eye, you know, and you go, Oh man, I'm, I'm proud of him, you know? So yeah, I totally understand where you guys are coming from. For sure. All right. Well, before we do wrap it up for this week, guys, before we do go, before we talk uh, about our sponsors and whatnot, for those who are possibly new to the podcast, now that we have you here, Ryan, tell us a little bit more about the grill position and what that's all about. Well, the grill position is great because it features you guys every week too. But uh, no, we are uh, you know basically telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. That's what we always say. We focus more on columns and feature stories, one interviews. Uh, we bring in you guys to do podcasts for us, and of course the HTM guys, your brothers over there. So uh, you know we're uh, basically right now we're just rolling out features and columns, and and we're moving towards double or nothing. I think we we've, we've established a relationship with Impact. We've established one with MLW. And I uh, will know this week if we're going to be working with All Elite Wrestling here pretty soon. So uh, lots of exciting things coming up, and just check us out at the website. You guys do a great job plugging us, so I really don't I don't have any more to add to it. Awesome. Okay, well, uh, like I said, before we do go, let's make sure and uh, talk about our sponsors uh, once again here, Carl. That's right. Always we want to talk about our sponsors because every little bit that you do for them helps us as well. Go and check out HypeCityVapors.com. For those of you that are a vapor, like myself, check out HypeCityVapors.com. They have some amazing flavored e-juice over there for your vape. Use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Get 15% off your entire order. And as always, I am wearing my collar and elbow brand hat. This thing was black in the beginning, and it is now brown because I wear it all the time, absolutely everywhere. Go and check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com. There is a link at all of our social media pages for that where you can click on it. It'll take you directly to our little portion of the site for them. They have some amazing products over there. They just had their new spring-summer drop happen. Go and check them out because some great stuff, not only for the guys, but for the ladies as well. They are incorporating more ladies' clothing in there. Check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Get 10% off your entire order. And in turn, help us out here at the podcast as well. All right, and of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us at our original home on Podbean, as well as iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers. We we tend to, to pop up as well. And of course, we are powered by thegrillposition.com and part of the Roar Network, and also presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over there as well. Make sure and check them out. Are you running out of gas, Joe? You sound like you're getting tired over there. This is a bit of a longer episode. You to put a bow on it? <laughs> it's a time to wrap it up, boys. So we will see you guys on the next one. See you real soon. This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl.